and welcome to Fantastic Comic Fan. I am your host, R.T. Fleming, and it is my mission to help you find your next digital comic book pick from the golden age to now. I have been reading comic books for over 40 years and have never lost my passion for comic books. Something I try to pass on to old and new readers. It's Wednesday, July 20th, 2022, and this is episode 52 of the Fantastic Comic Fan Podcast. And I'm R.T. Fleming. But before I talk about today's podcast, I want to address a couple of things. Normally, I stick to comics and creators and things at hand. However, at being at the stummer, I started a fantastic new job. What began as a 40-hour work week with a nice three-day weekend quickly changed. It became five days and somewhere around 55-ish hours a week. That doesn't leave much time to do things in one's personal life, let alone keep up with a podcast. But things should settle down soon, and I should get back to somewhat normal hours. In the meantime, I've cut back on how many podcasts I've been putting out. I'm not going anywhere. I hope to slowly work back into releasing more episodes than I've been scheduling lately. Unfortunately, I've missed doing the podcast and had to sideline a few things. Stick around, things will pick up soon. Now, onto this episode in which I'm bringing back Alan Stewart of the Attack of the 50-Year-Old Comic Book Blog. Over the past few months, we've covered the year 1972. And you'd be amazed at how many fantastic things happened in 1972. It really is a great year to look at. This time around, we're covering Justice League of America 100 through 102, which happens to be the annual JLA-JSA team-up. The two teams met each year from the early days of the Bronze Age to the twilight of the Bronze Age. In 1972, a few things made this team up unique, and in some ways, acted as a template for the rest of the team-ups. As always, Alan makes fantastic guests, and in the end, I hope you decide to read these classics either for the first time or for the upteenth time for you long-term JLA, JSA fans. As always, please review and rate this podcast. Suggest it to other comic fans. Look at the show notes and follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and other social media. The more listeners who tune in, the more who might explore a new comic or rediscover an old fave. Now, on to this week's show. I'm welcoming back Alan Stewart to the podcast. Alan has been a regular lately on the podcast. Alan, why don't you tell the listeners exactly what you do? Uh, I do a blog called Attack of the 50-Year-Old Comic Books. I've been doing it since 2015. Um, started it pretty much on the 50th anniversary of when I remember that I first started buying and reading comics and sort of just kind of started it as a, as a, as a lark or exercise in nostalgia. And it sort of uh, became more and more interesting. I got more and more interested in the history behind the the, the comics that um, that I read way back when, you know, how they came to be, and as well as just the history of the characters and some of the uh, some of the, the concepts. And uh, it's just it's been very rewarding. I usually try to post once a week. Uh, sometimes it's twice. If I get really, really carried away, it's I've, I've been known to do like three in a week, but that's pretty rare. It's, I'm at the mercy of what came out 50 years ago. Exactly. That, that I uh, that I really care about. So 
your your blog will be as, as usual in the show notes. I really, you know, I like your blog. I've said that before. It's a very scholarly. Don't give your personal opinion much. You just like, well, here's what happened. This is what it's all about. You know, it's a nice chunk in history, depending on what you're doing. Now, what we've been doing lately, every so often, we've been doing 1972, which is 50 years ago. And 1972 had a lot of cool stuff going on in it that I hope people will check out the past uh, probably two other episodes. But between last episode and this episode, we decided to take a break because we wanted to devote one episode, one segment to a really cool comic that came out in 1972. And that's the Justice League JLA team up that ran for issue 100 through 102. And it marked Len Wein, who's been bouncing around, debut on Justice League, and he wrote a 15-issue run all the way through 114, and this right. was his first issue of it. And what, one of the things that makes it so special is that it introduces an old Golden Age team that hadn't been around, the Seven Soldiers of Victory. So, Alan, tell us a little bit about this comic on your end. Sure. I hate it when they call it. You know, 100th issues, anniversaries. It's a milestone. It's not an anniversary. It hasn't been around for 100 years. Right. Uh, <laughs> but at any rate, setting that aside, it's the 100th issue. So it is a large milestone. It's also the 10th Justice League, Justice Society team up. Those began in 1963 uh, and became an annual tradition that I, for one, um, I first picked it up in, in 1966. I just barely missed the 1965 version, I started buying Justice League like the issue after. <laughs> if fans uh, have never read any of the JLA, JSA team it doesn't matter whether you read it from the Silver Age or the Bronze Age, because those team went up for 20 years. They yeah. all make for some really great reads, and there's some special stories contained within those JLA, JSA storylines. But anyways, right. go on, Alan. So this is the 10th, uh, this is the 10th team up, and I don't know if you've read uh, these issues in the context of the of the collection that DC did a few years ago, Crisis on Multiple Earths. But this is in volume three of that collection, which I believe is available on Comixology yes. uh, digitally, as well as a, as a trade paperback. This is actually one of the few titles that DC has every issue archived on cool. their digital platform. And I'm surprised that they did. Yeah, the whole 250 odd issues of Justice League are, is available to read. So, right. Yes. But Lynn Whedon, the writer, wrote the introduction to this particular volume and talks about how, like, you know, how he was intimidated. You know, it's like he was just coming really? on the book. He, yeah. And Julia Schwartz, who was the editor of Justice League and had been since the beginning, said, oh, you know, you may want to think about doing something special. Your first issue is the hundredth issue. No pressure. Also, Everything's it's OK. Also the ten, it's also the 10th and you know, team up of the JLA and JSA. So, you know, see what you can come up with. And his idea was to, well, let's see if we can bring back some characters who, some golden age characters who haven't been seen in a long, long time. And uh, he, he had on the idea of bringing back the seven soldiers of victory, which was sort of like a B team, I guess you would say, as far as super teams of, the, of DC and the golden age. The Justice Society of America was was the A team that had the, the right. A-list characters. And um, these were the uh, the characters in Seven Soldiers of Victory, uh, which ran in leading comics from 1941 to 1945. I forget how many issues. I think they ran for about 
14 issues, maybe. There were actually eight of them. <laughs> oh, eight? <laughs> there were actually eight. There were actually eight soldiers. Uh, yeah, this is the this is the thing. It's uh, and as I said, it's mostly like a, a you know a B list characters in the sense that these are not characters who ever had their own books, at least not in the golden age. No. So you've got you've got Green Arrow and Speedy. You've got the Star Spangled Kid and Stripesy, and in, in both of those. See, that's like four of, of our seven soldiers right there. And that's that includes two sidekicks. Yes. And and then you've got Vigilante, and this is the cowboy version. And then you've got the Shining Knight, who's a favorite of mine because one of my interests outside or overlapping with comics is uh the Arthurian legend. Right. So, yeah, yeah. Time time displaced Knight of the Round Table who rides a winged horse and has a magic sword. Just, you know, right, you know, right in my wheelhouse. You know, it's, uh, it, it's and, and has been for fifty years. <laughs> it's interesting that the Seven Soldiers of Victory are still around. The Shining Knight was just I'm thinking one of them a few issues ago. Yeah, yeah. And now that the retconning Green Arrow to be the current Green Arrow to be right. part of the Seven Soldiers. Right. That that was that was a hoot, really. Uh, the I think it was the Star Girl Summer Special last year. Yeah, like that. Where they, but they dropped that one, and I thought that was. Yeah, it's you it, know, it, it doesn't it doesn't track with this story, but you know that's you know the continuity. It's been yes. so many reboots since then that you know what the hell. I know between the crisis um, and the reboots and the medals and all exactly. <laughs> you know, if, if this came out today, this would be a triple sized issue with all kinds of bells and whistles. But right. back then, right, it was probably about maybe 17, 18 pages. I mean, yeah, yeah, they had the the full Justice League, the Justice Society, which is. At that time, Dr. Faye, Dr. Midnight, Sandman, you know, plus mm-hmm. some guest stars right. like, you know, Diana Prince, Adam Strange was in there, elongated man who wasn't part of the uh, Justice League Democrat. officially yet. Yeah, Zatanna. And we were talking mm-hmm. before this started, Snapper Carr made a reappearance. And right. That's not even talking about the seven soldiers of victory. Sure. Metamorpho. And that, yeah. And Metamorpho. That's right. And this is a huge amount of cast characters to be juggling you know, for a small, teeny, tiny, little, you know, comic book. Yeah. And in Ween's introduction, he says that he brought this idea to Schwartz and, you know, and Schwartz was like, yeah, that, that, that sounds, that sounds pretty great, but you've got 33 characters, you know, so that's, <laughs> that's really an awful lot for uh, even like a two, two part continued story, you know, two issues of the, of the, of the book. And Ween said, well, why don't we make it a three parter? And Schwartz said, Okay. Um, and I think that's the first maybe like three part. I don't know if it's the first three part story in DC Comics ever, but it's very, very rare that they had continued stories at all. In and any of the comic books, you know, in, but, in any of the comics of that era and a three parter was that was just really un, almost unheard of. And, and once again, doing the art was Dick Dillon, who did mm-hmm. years and years of Justice League. Yes. He is like yes. the defining artist. Right. A few of the covers were um, done by Nick Cardi. It's interesting that yes. they didn't allow Dick Dillon to do the covers, you know, for a comic book that he'd been drawing right. for years. Right. But that's back- very typical of DC at that time. Yes. Um, for, for years and years, they had, you know, Neil Adams was doing the lion's share of covers. And this is about the time that Adams was kind of backing off from, from that, um, from that commitment. And Nick Cardi kind of stepped up and stepped into that role. So you'll see Nick Cardi covers. He, I think he, dropped most of the stuff that he was actually drawing which i guess was he may have still been on teen titans i'm not sure but he becomes mostly the cover guy but you'll but you'll see him on superman on 
Brave and the Bold. He does. A, he did a lot of stuff back. He in does a lot of stuff. Yeah. A lot of stuff. Would you? How is does this JLA JSA storyline rank in your all time favorites? It's it's up there. You know, there, there's so much of a of a nostalgia thing that comes into play with this for me. The first one that I read, as I said, 1966, was maybe one of the silliest with the antimatter man. Right. Uh, and uh, it's the one that had like the the big sound effects on the cover. If you, I don't remember, I don't remember what issue number what issue number it is. But it's it's the one that has like you know Solomon Grundy knocking down Batman and there's a big pal three dimensional pal. I remember um, that yes. height of height of the height of the camp era, but um, but I I love those books because it was like it was the first continued story I ever read in comics, and the month or maybe it was more like six weeks. The six weeks between the two parts were like the longest six weeks of my life. <laughs> at that point, um, you know, I was eight nine years old. <laughs> so, so it was uh, so that's that's probably still my favorite even though it's not the best but if i'm if i'm going to be try to, if i'm going to try to be objective i would say that yeah this one really rank, ranks on up there again just because it's you know that many characters and wing gives them all a chance Kinda to shine shine a spotlight it's it's, a, it's, it's, a, it's an early bronze age story but it's really mm-hmm. worth reading just to see especially the Justice Society who in recent years have not been seen very often. Right. You get the classic Justice Society people like, again, Mr. Terrific, Starman, and Wildcat, and Greenland, all the great ones. And we also have, spoiler, we had a death in the family for Justice Society. Do you remember who that was? Which character they bumped off for a while? Which character in Justice Society yep. was bumped off? Well, there were there were a couple after this. We're talking nope, about right. later storylines. Oh, nope, I'm talking about this one. Oh, right, Red Tornado. Ah, every time I think I, every time <laughs> I, I have Alan on the show for um, taping, I try to get him and just try to stump him. Just well, one I, I just, tiny time, and he gets me every single time. He gets it. I just reread it a couple of nights ago. You know, knowing we were going to be doing this, so so if I had hadn't been able to remember that I would have been in trouble but uh but again there there actually there are two deaths in the story it's um there's a death that takes place before and if you look at the cover of JLA 100 this is the big mystery here lies the unknown soldier of victory and that actually is the eighth soldier um just to circle back to what we were saying before we were going over the roster yes the, the last and seventh member of the seven soldiers that I didn't mention is uh the Crimson Avenger who also had a sidekick named Wing. And Wing basically, I mean, it's there's no good reason why he shouldn't have been the eighth soldier if you're going to have Stripesy, who's a sidekick, or Speedy, who's a sidekick. <laughs> you know, rank as actual members. You know, why doesn't Wing rank as, as a member? And the only obvious reason is that he's Asian, which is not, a, not really a good look. But uh, but something that perhaps is not all that unusual when you're looking at comics from the 1940s. Yeah, um, absolutely right about that. That's so true. That's, so that's so again, it's um, and so in some ways, it's uh, the fact that he's the one who who is revealed to have died. Sort of, it's like, well, okay, that allows us to go forward, calling them the Seven Soldiers of Victory, without worrying about that sort of like glaring, right. <laughs> glaring example of just. Mm, no, <laughs> not a good look. You know that uh, th- that cover for JLA uh, 100 is actually a really it's actually an eye catching cover because you have the uh, 
you know, they're at the cemetery near the JSA right. on one side and the JLA on the other side. And the seven soldiers in the background, all the characters look very solemn. And it's that's a pretty powerful cover for that yeah. era. Again, because, you know, people don't realize that there was no social media. There was no way of promoting your comic book. Right. They were usually thrown in heaps on a magazine stand and not really given any attention. So you really had to have these sure. covers that that stand out to go, oh, let me catch that, that kid's eye at the time. DC did some really nice covers during this time. But yes, this is a worthy story to read. Again, it came out in mid-1972, mm-hmm. uh, written by, again, Lynn Wing, who also, you know, he did a lot of interesting things too. You know, people yeah. people don't realize that Stan Lee stepped down. There was this whole stable of writers within a few years, some right. of them really young. Like yes. Lynn Wing was not that old. He no. He was age 22 when he right. did his first Daredevil. He co-created Swamp Thing with Bernie Wrightson in 71. Right. He went into editorial things, you know. Yeah. It's unfortunate that, you know, Len Wein doesn't get as much spotlight. But a lot of the creators don't either. There was right. a, I was reading an a, a quick tangent, I was reading an article Disney just bought the likeness of Stan Lee for, you know, X number yes. of years. And I saw go, that headline. And the, and, and the headline, it kind of annoyed me. It goes, yeah, Stan Lee, along with Jack Kirby, you know, did Marvel. I'm like, well, what, what, hold, well hold on a second. I mean, there was John Romita, there was Marie Severin, there was Bill Everett. and Steve Ditko. Yeah, Steve Ditko, you know, and going a little bit further, you know, he had Roy Thomas and Len sure. Wein, who in their own rights were just as important as Stan Lee, and I, I just get to, you know, yeah, Stan Lee gets his attention, but a lot of times right. when they forget other writers and right. artists that are just equally important. Yeah, Stan um, Lee was a genius at self promotion. You know, you have to give him that. I, I, um, I give him a lot of other things too. Uh, credit for a whole lot of things that some people maybe don't in, don't aren't inclined to give him credit for. But no, I uh, I, I do believe he gets his credit and. He, Everything, they, it's just I wish the press and the media would kind of spread right. out the accolades a little bit. Yeah, I agree. I you agree know, we talked about in the past, before we wrap up, people either put Stan Lee either on a pedestal or demonize him. And right. he's neither. He's just yes. a man mm-hmm. who did a great job. And I try to look at him as a, a person and look at him as a well-rounded person, not to take right. one side or the other. So anyways, we have just talked about Justice League 100 through 102. Is mm-hmm. there anything you want to say before we wrap this up today, Alan? The, the one other point um, that I thought I'd make about this particular JLA, JSA team up is that it sort of sets a template for, for the rest of the, of the run of team ups, which I think go on until 83, 84, 84, 84 maybe. Yeah, I think that sounds right. And that it's like almost all of them, not every single one, but almost every one after this includes a third group of heroes. Like the next year's introduces the Freedom Fighters, who were the quality comics heroes in the Golden Age who live on Earth X, where the Nazis won World War II. And then let's see, uh, the next year actually does not include a third team. But then after that, I think you have the, well, I may not have them in the right order, but you had the Earth S heroes, which are the Fawcett heroes, Captain Marvel, uh, Captain Marvel Jr., Mary Marvel, 
bullet man others of, of of that nature and then and then you'd have ones where you'd have yeah the legion of superheroes would come along right or, that, or was the, one, that was my introduction to was it really or, yeah, yes. or the or the new gods there was there was one that focused on the new gods brought in the whole fourth world and, the and they also did some more they brought in the uh old western heroes yes yes that's another that's a that's a great example um yeah but they had like a team up that i want to say jonah hex viking prince uh, yep. Some of the, the 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 historical characters kind of uh, were all brought together. So that's yeah. Once we sort of opened that box, um, sort of like it's kind of took that first step of saying we're going to bring in a bunch of you know, characters that haven't been seen seen in a while. It became that became part of the kind of what people expected from the JLA JSA team ups. Exactly. So I think that's just it's just interesting to note. I think. All right, Alan, I want to thank you for coming out of the episode again, talking about the Justice League and Justice Society team up. I'll have you again. Thanks so much for joining me and you have a great night. You too. Thank you. Well, that's it for today's podcast. Again, I would love to hear from you, a fantastic comic fan at gmail.com. Remember, new episodes every Wednesday. Thanks so much for listening to this episode, and I hope to see you next time.